This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. The Mets are playing better, but they're not playing that great. No. Okay, you know, they're not. You pointed it out about the mistakes that they're making, you know, so, I, you know, they're struggling right now. And tonight, I mean, Marcus Stroman had his way with them. They're 25 yeah. and 20. It's not a small sample size. It's no. almost a third of the season. Yeah. And, and you say, you know, they're, they, they should be better than this. Their run differential is minus 21, so usually that would project for a team that's below 500. Given the expectation is this Mets team, even tw- even 50 games into the season, 25 and 25 is not acceptable. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Hour number two, Wednesday night edition of the show. Glad you could join us. Weigh in on Twitter at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM, or via the phone, 1-800-919-3776. We ride with you until Freddie and Fitzsimmons at midnight. Gordon, I mean, Abreu had a great second inning. Too bad the first inning was not as good as the second. That was a rough inning. That was a rough, rough inning. And it started with bringing in the wrong guy. That's what started it, Gordon. It started with bringing in the wrong guy. When yeah. that game, and we get to the post in a second. When that's when when uh, Nestor gave up the three run shot, and it's yep. a one run game. Mm-hmm. You don't bring that guy in now. Now you bring in, you go further down the line. You can't bring him in in that situation. If it's five one, okay, you can bring him in. I I. I'm looking at this. I'm well, like, why I, you I would have to look at their stupid bingo card of who's available <laughs> for this game because I know King would not be available. Right. Uh, I, I don't know who's available. Yeah, it, it seems hard to believe that Jimmy Cordero would be the guy that's the first guy up. I mean, he, ha- he hasn't pitched horribly so far. He, he was, he's been better than this, certainly. But I don't know who Ooh, was. That's a bingo. Yeah, I, don't, I, I would think that Marinaccio was not available. Mm-hmm. Wandy wasn't available. Uh, Michael King wasn't available. So I don't know who out of that mix was available. Cordero has been used in some pretty big spots so far this year. But it just shows you some of the injuries that they've had. Yeah, it's true. I think I would have went with Abreu. I just think I I, I would have felt better with him, and then mm-hmm. follow him up with Cordero. Just just preference, just preference. Because I've seen him. I guess I've I've seen Abreu a little bit more, so I have more. He's in my circle of trust, Gordon, as opposed okay. to Cordero. Cordero's not in my circle no. of trust. No, and and he and he sure as heck is not in there now. <laughs> no, no. If he if he had if he had broached the circle, he is on the outside of the circle. Yeah, he's been kicked out of the circle. Yes, <laughs> he's into the square, the square jail cell now. That's no, right. Can't be uh, absolutely. Let's go to the phones. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Lee's in Brooklyn. Hey, Lee. Hey, what's up, Larry? Here, what's up, Gordon? Lee. Yeah, terrible thing, man, with that situation with the guy in Memphis. How you guys doing? I'm sorry. We're all right, Lee. Thanks. Go ahead. Talking about John Morant. Right, 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 right. You know, a lot of the players, you know, after they won the championship, Serena Williams, baseball players, basketball players, they always say, thank God, right? And um, sometimes we start to leave that out of the equation when people are going through something. Like when they're doing good, when when a game, when a championship, thank God. But also, too, it's good to basically be able to 
say a prayer for somebody when they're going through something because that sounds serious. Sounds like he wants mm. to maybe do some some harm to himself, um, and that's not a good thing when somebody leaves notes like that or leaves uh, you know signs that um, I'm not doing well mentally. So he's young, like you guys said. He's not a grown man. He's actually will be a man at 30. And um, these these are basically consenting adults. And we make a lot of mistakes and um, when we're young. So I think that we should definitely be saying prayers for him and hoping for the best that um, he comes out of this situation and he gets through his uh, things that are incidental to you. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, Lee, and thanks for the phone call. And and you hope that there are people around him that, that he can – and the important thing is, Gordon, here's the line, that he will listen to. Right, that's the main thing, yeah. You know, because there's people around. I mean, as as you mentioned, look, the NBA has services and, oh, and things that are right. for players that are. I, you could go on forever. The list mm-hmm. that they have, but it's he has to realize that he needs to take advantage of these things, right? Before anybody can deal with them. If he doesn't think he has a problem, you know, it's hard. So you know, you start to say, okay, well, what role does? The Memphis Grizzlies franchise have? What role does the NBA have? What role does family have? What role? Well, they all have a role. Gordon, they all have a role. And they all, as friends, everybody has a role to try to get him to understand that, hey, listen, let's talk about it. Something's going on, man. Let's talk about it. And you need to, it doesn't have to be me. You can talk to somebody else. It's okay. As long as you talk with someone to help you resolve whatever it is you're going through. It could just be the pressures of being you know, the, the face of a franchise, Gordon. He made, he, he was, uh, I couldn't find the salary for this year, but next year he is slated to make $33 million. A, so, for one a year. year. For one year, right? <laughs> I mean, like, think about, think about when you were 24, and, and this is not his first year in the NBA. I don't know what he made, you know, the year prior, the year prior. But if somebody gave you $33 million, it would be hard to tell you what to do or what you need to do. And I think the separation, he is an adult. Like the caller was saying, he's not an adult. The problem is he's not a grown-up, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's not yeah. acting like a grown-up, and there's a difference. He's 23, 24 years old. He, he's an adult, but he's got to start acting like a grown-up. And, and it, being in the situation of trying to convince somebody that they need help, it's a very difficult situation if they don't agree. They, yeah. At some point, he has to realize that himself. And all the talking in the world, you could talk yourself up one wall and down the other and, and lay things out for people when they're, when they're dealing with things and say, look, this is, it's, it's black and white. It's right here in front of your face. And they don't get it. And they got to get it. They got to have that moment of clarity. So I, I hope he gets one. I hope he gets, if he does get that moment of clarity that he realizes he needs help, there's more than enough things available at his disposal to get it. Yeah, no doubt about it. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha. Hey, guys. You know, uh, Tina Turner, you know, two uh, her two favorite songs I have. Uh, one was before she became the pop icon. She had that um, Let's Stay Together. Yes. Classic mm-hmm. video they used to show back in the days on uh, Hot Tracks, you know, with my man Carlos De Jesus. And then, you know, when she did get big, I remember when we were in football practice, we used to sing a little song to each other. Coaches would come along with us, talk about, we don't need another hero. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, we sing that all the time. Uh, you know, coaches get up in our butt with that. Uh, you know, Spike Lee's father passed away as well. You know, rest in peace to him, too. Wow. You know, he lived a long that. life, long Absolutely. life. 90, I think 97 or 94. 
you know, tough day all the way around. But, you know, now with the John Moran thing, listen, obviously 23 years old these days, I have to admit, it's, there's not a large difference between being 23 and 17 years old. You know, it, it, the world is different. You know, uh, the IG, uh, some people that are older than John Moran, 40s, 50s year old, you know, they, they put things on Facebook or IG and into things that they shouldn't be in. So I don't want to cast any aspersions on him. Like, you know, he's he's out of control because of his age or anything like that. that, that these are choices that people make. And uh, a lot of times we make bad choices. As you guys know, my mom was an educator, special education teacher for about 30 years, ended up being a principal. When I was in high school and up until about 20, 21 years old, I wasn't living the right way. And I was raised the right way. So, like, like I said, it's all choices. But there's a couple of things that I've noticed, you know, in this John Morant crisis timeline. And um, another part of it, the mental health part, listen, none of us like to admit what we need to get mental health services. We'll do everything else. We'll burn sage. We'll do this. We'll do that. You know, we'll, we'll listen to this type of uh, thing. We'll do everything but go to somebody who's licensed or certified to help us work through that because a lot of times that means we got to go over things that are very tough that we don't necessarily want to talk about or deal with face up, not just young people. But with his father and his mother, they're not bad people, but money has an effect, like you were talking about, on him trying to tell him what's right and what's wrong. Listen, that money has an effect on them too. You saw his father carrying on with Uncle Shay Shay at that Lakers game. And lucky that Uncle Shay Shay didn't rip his arms off of his body. That's number one. <laughs> then his mom is in the mall, and she's calling him and telling him, bring the goon squad to the mall. I got a problem here. The problem was that they skipped her in the line or something like that. Now, like I said, not saying that they're bad people or nothing like that. But when we start getting, you know, uh, 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 privileges or things that we might not have had before or, you know, we, we, we're used to, like, snapping our fingers and people hop, skip, and jump. That could be a very damaging thing to everybody, the whole family concerned. And like you said, uh, when a baby boy is buying the house and the diamonds and, 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 and putting the money where it needs to be, it's very hard to tell him, you know, look, you need to get yourself together. And a lot of times as parents, we got our own stuff that we need to work on to, and we don't like to admit to that. You know, but just to sum it up, in, 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 I'll, I'll kind of piggyback off of what uh, the guy Lee says. Like, I do pray for him, and I hope that he's okay, and I hope that he gets himself together. But what happens often in our society is we always hear about, you know, I wish somebody could have stepped in and somebody could have helped him. I wish somebody could have. This is the time right here where somebody's got to step in and help because the, the the trajectory of where his life is going, it's not on the incline. No. And, you know, we've heard all these stories. We've heard all these stories. And one thing that I always remember was sitting in the room with my mom. Some ABC movie was on. I think it was The Burning Bed or something. Then they cut to Marvin Gaye has just died and he was killed by his father. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? And I like do. and and that brother was going through something. So yeah. I hope somebody steps in because I don't want to hear nothing like that about that young man. Forget the basketball. Just right. him as a young man. I just don't want to hear that. I've heard too many of these stories. I don't want to hear it. We're with you, Buddha. Thanks for the phone call. We don't want to hear it either. And that's why it's it's uh 
it's a weird, it's an uncomfortable subject to talk about, Gordon, because you don't have the information you don't really right. know, you know, so you're really flying, you're, 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 you know, you're flying blind in a sense. But it's something that has to be said because you're watching, you're watching a talented young person, like disintegrate before your eyes, and you're seeing the signs. He's calling out for help, Gordon. It's well, just, I will like say it. this: the, the 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 incident today is because apparently he's taking a break from social media, which I don't think that that's ever been a bad idea for anybody. Right. Right. So maybe maybe that's the first step that he's taking things uh, into his own hands. Mm-hmm. Maybe I hope. You yeah. have to hope, right? I mean, you have to hope that that's the case. We'll continue the conversation with your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Chatting with you at 1-800-919-3776. Like Jose from Brooklyn. Hey, Jose, what's cooking? Good evening, Larry and Gordon. Um, calling because I just had, like, you know, I know, I know you're, I know, Larry, you're gonna hear me, you know, cry like I'm a spoiled Yankee fan. But I, 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 what was, what was that last inning, Gordon? Can you explain to me? <laughs> that last inning was they were trying to get, I think, some length out of uh, Nestor because the bullpen is short. He was not able to get, he gave up a home run off the foul pole that made it a one run game. So then they have all their B relievers, all the A relievers got you the win last night. So all the B relievers are in tonight and Jimmy Cordero did not have it and got hammered. I can't do this. <laughs> Hang in there, Jose. Hang in. You know what it is? You know what it is? Is that I, 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 it's just that I just wish that people like this organization was just honest with itself because here's my one thing, you know, because, you know, am I a spoiled Yankee fan? Of course. When you're 10 years old at 1996, how, how, what do you expect? So I, I'm very annoyed and I don't know what is going on. I guess my biggest, you know, thing is, you know, my biggest conspiracy is that I guess how through all the years, heard all of the negative trappings of his dad and needs to prove that he can do it the right way and, you know, have this, you know, made up budget, which is totally ridiculous for a a franchise that's worth almost $8 billion and that could possibly even go for more. It it is just, uh, it is just really saddening to see how this franchise is because everyone wants to blame Cashman and, Boone is supposedly, you know, the manager that can do no wrong when I thought he was brought here to be the guy that was better than Girardi and get us to that title. And I'm just I'm I'm just at this point, you know, frustrated. So thank you for allowing me to vent and I hope you guys have a great night. (laughs) All right, Jose, hang in there, my friend. Hang in there. And because it's something. Listen, Jose, you're not alone. Gordon has said it. This is. Act, you're the New York Yankees act like it, and yeah. they really haven't. No, they, they haven't. haven't. They haven't. Uh, but in fairness to Hal, what he is spending on the team should be enough. Mm. Now, I would say if you're Hal and you're spending, and you think what you're spending on the team is enough, and the person who's spending the money is not spending it properly, like I would think we could say Brian Cashman has not spent it properly, well, then it might be time for you to find someone else who can spend the money. Now, the bullpen point, the Yankee bullpen has been sensational this year. I I mean, I think it's been the best bullpen in baseball. And 
they're missing a bunch of big pieces in that bullpen. Uh, goes down, the guy Efrost is down, Canely's down. I think there's some other guys that they're missing there. So this happens in the course of a long season. You go, you call in the bullpen, and they get hammered. Tonight they've been hammered so far. The Orioles have had a great bullpen, and their bullpen got taken last night. So uh, it's frustrating. You don't like to see you lose a game, but it is just one game. But it's really, um, Gordon, a symptom of your frustration with the with the last. And you you got run, you had runs tonight, but it, but it's really a symptom of the frustration that you have that. This team should be better. Yeah, I mean, the, the lineup should be better. I mean, the, the, the fact that they've gone on this run, and it's been a good run, and they've gotten to 10 games over 500, notwithstanding tonight, is because Aaron Judge has come back, and Aaron Judge is the best hitter in baseball, primarily. I, I mean, that's primarily the reason why they've gotten on this hot streak. He's basically hitting home runs every single day. He's, he's leading the offense every single day. And some other guys have chipped in. It's not... It's not a deep lineup. So when Judge eventually does cool off, because nobody's this hot... For, for months at a time, as great as he is, there's too much of a reliance offensively on Aaron Judge. Now, it's working out right now because he's been great, but will they make moves to improve this offense overall? Because I don't think this is a great offense. The bullpen, though, the Yankees figure out the bullpen every single year, so I'm not going to go down that road. But, uh, yeah, no, you're right. The, the lineup overall is not what you would consider a great Yankee lineup. So that's that's really your frustration. So it's it's not your frustration over just talking about the bullpen because you understand. Listen, we don't score runs very often like this, and we give up eight. We're not winning this game, <laughs> so you know, and we're not able to save these runs to carry over for tomorrow. You know, so I think I think that's also part of the frustration here that this was an opportunity that we had a chance to win this game, and you know, if, if we're if, if this is a vintage. Not a vintage, but if this is a usual Yankee team, you expect them to come back and like, oh, well, we'll win this game 10-9. It's okay. We, we got this one coming up and this one coming up and this one coming up. It will be okay. They did have that opportunity. They had the bases loaded that one. Yes. You know, one guy that – look, I was in favor of bringing him back. I thought it was the right move. You had to have him. He was so great at the first contract they had. DJ LeMayhew, that contract to bring him back is looking more and more like a mistake. Uh, mm. He has not been the same guy this year. He's been hurt a lot. Uh, he he's he's at least been able to play a good third base for you. So defensively, he's been fine, but he has not lived up to that contract offensively, especially with the amount of injuries he's had the last few years. Yeah, um, the age might be kept. Maybe is the bat slowing down, Gordon? I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but he has not. You know, you look at the the first couple of years you had him here and. Oh. He was, he was lights out. He was everything you wanted. He was not just the, the, the home run guy. He finished third in the MVP one year. He finished fourth in the MVP another year. And then just has not been that same guy. The slugging percentage has dropped. The batting average has been nowhere close. He has just not been the same guy. And, And you might be right, you know, 34, maybe that's the signs of, of things starting to slow down some, but that was a move that everybody was in favor. You have to bring back DJ LeMayhew. He's been so awesome as a Yankee, and uh, he has not – those first two years, he has not been like that the last three. I mean, he was your leadoff batter, and he was – I mean, Gordon, he was on base all the time. On base all the time, an on-base machine. And that's one of those ones that I don't get this year. Now, they've been winning and they've been scoring runs, but the fact that they got Glaber batting leadoff – and LeMahieu batting cleanup, that to me doesn't make a whole lot of sense because even when LeMahieu was not 
playing well, he's still a much better on-base guy overall than Glaber is, and Glaber, I think, is a better power bat than than LeMahieu is. Mm-hmm. But that, that one doesn't make sense to me. Well, there's a number somewhere. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. You know. And I will say this, for Glaber batting leadoff, I don't know that this is the reason why, but he has dramatically cut down his strikeout percentage this year. Maybe that's the fact that he has a different mindset batting leadoff. And again, it has been working here the last couple of weeks, so it's tough to criticize, but that one doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. No, you, you would think that you want to have a guy who makes better contact to be your leadoff guy because automatically, automatically with, with Judge hitting the way he's hitting, you're, you could be up 2 nothing just like that. Easily. Right. Yeah, and and the last three years, I'm just pulling it up here, LeMahieu's mm-hmm. slugging percentage is 362, 377, and this year it's 406. That is not, <laughs> that is not a cleanup hitter type of uh, no. type of hitter. No, no, that's a that's a struggling leader. You know, I gotta tell you something, Gordon. I mean, uh, haven't I've seen you know dipping in and out of the Yankees, and I was away, obviously on vacation, but. Harrison Bader has not played badly offensively. Oh, he's been you, great. You know what he can do. You know, you yeah. know what he can do in the field. Yes. He's been pretty good offensively. He's, he's been where he ev- was in the he's been season. excellent, excellent. Now I don't think that this is the type of player he is going to be for a full season in terms of the power. But if he can give you twenty home runs and play the center field that he plays, and maybe hit I don't know he's hitting two ninety right now. He can hit two seventy five, and and mm-hmm. do that. Uh, you would sign up for that, no question. Now yeah. he just got to stay healthy because that's been another yeah. issue that he's had. That's the been school. the thing, but he's mm-hmm. he, he's performed well. Mm-hmm. No question, no question. He's he's been a win. That's a win. No, no, nobody is complaining about uh, Jordan Montgomery anymore. <laughs> Who? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll continue the conversation with you on ninety-eight seventy ESPN. This is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on ninety-eight point seven ESPN. Switching to the NBA for a second, it's fascinating to see just. I'm I'm really curious if Miami is able to pull this off, how they will uh, handle Denver, you know, Spolstra with Murray and and the Joker. How how mm-hmm. will you defend them? How do you how do you deal with them? Because you know Kenny Smith on TNT was making a great point last night, and and that's why it goes back to the conversation we had a few nights ago, in Fagrasa about how tough it is to compare errors in sports. Mm. I mean, the Joker now is going to be considered, Gordon, as one of the great centers. Yeah, oh, no question. Okay, because of his ability not only to score, but his ability to pass, his 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 ability to hit the three. And, Gordon, he's not one of these guys that sprints down the floor. <laughs> you no. Know? He is, but he is, and, and LeBron talked about it in, in his postgame. He is such a smart basketball player mm-hmm. that, you know, you're going to have to look. We talk about Kareem and we talk about Will Chamberlain and we talk about the great centers and Akeem and Patrick Ewing and, and all the great centers that you want to talk about throughout his Shaq. But you're going to have to, he's going to be in there and he's rising up. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, 20, he's 27. Yeah. And he, he's. He's in his prime. He can get. He's yeah. gonna get better. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, he's already got two MVPs. Some will argue that he should have had another one this year. Uh, might very well get his first ring this year. And and we kind of touched on this the other night. This gives hope to all the organization. Right? He was a second round pick. Yeah. He wasn't That's a right. lottery guy. He wasn't a. Nope. He wasn't the first overall pick. He was a. He was in the second round. And you see what he has become. And 
I would think you have to put. I don't know how he's going to age. I don't know how the rest of his career. He has to be one of the best passing big men ever. The, ever. I mean, ever. it's crazy. And not ever. just not just willing to pass, making the perfect pass. Yes. Yes. Uh, he, he's he's very impressive, and there's I, I mean, how do you defend him? The other night, he's chucking up threes like he was Manute Bowl, like over the head, just to, <laughs> yeah. and, and and it goes in. Uh, he, he, he can drive to the basket, he can pass, he can shoot from outside. He is uh, he's an unbelievable player. A lot his, of fun to watch. His floor vision for a guy his size and the ability to uh, put the ball in pinpoint places, Gordon. Mm-hmm. Is is phenomenal. It just says that you watch him, you just look at him, you're like, he keeps doing this. Like it's it's not a mistake. He he's really good. He's really good. He's really talented. And listen, he wasn't exactly. I'm sure he didn't jump off the charts when people first saw him. <laughs> you know, he grew into that. He was able to, and this is the other thing we were talking about before, right? He was able to. Because there wasn't a change in coaching and a change in the front office, they were able to nurture him and help him develop his skills to the point that you're like, oh, wow, he could really do this. Hey, did you know he could do that? Well, let's keep him, let's give him the, keep him, keep him encouraged. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing those things. So once again, because they had some success and because they had the patience of not changing and having a cons- having consistency in management, they were able to wait on him until he got better. Mm-hmm. And now he's going to go down as one of the great centers of all time. Yeah, through the three rounds of the playoffs, he's averaging basically 30 points, 13 rebounds, and 10 assists. Oh, <laughs> I mean, you know, I- I'm not an NBA historian, but I-, I-, I would be hard. If he can keep that up for another round of the playoffs – that that's going to be on a very short list of the most impressive playoff runs in terms of just overall numbers, 30 points, 13 rebounds and 10 assists from a center. No, he's, he's, he, he might, he may not have the, the MVP for the year because Joel Embiid was, was phenomenal this year. There's no yeah. question about it, but he might have it for the postseason If they win it all, he's, he's, he's going to be in the running. It's going to be yeah, either him no or Murray. Question. Or, yeah. you know, and if, of, of course, if Miami wins, it would be Jimmy Butler if Miami gets there. But, um, you know, he's just been, I mean, you really you have to change that conversation because he is, re, he is readjusting our focus as to what we look for in centers, right? Because that's not what you look for in your center. You don't look for a center that, that the, the, the centers that you grew up watching and as great as Bill Walton was, right? The centers you, you grew up watching. They weren't pastors like this. No, no, they, like they were told. Well, I, I didn't. I didn't put you in there to win the assist total. I put right. you in there to put the ball in the basket. Mm-hmm. But he's get down on the do block more. and get yeah. and get the ball. And look, Jokic can do that too. I mean, yes. he drove that one that last basket. He, he. I mean, he was driving and taking on contact and and still scoring. So he must just be an absolutely infuriating player to try to defend. Oh, he's, he's, he's a nightmare. Yeah. He's a nightmare because you it's gotta be exhausting. You know, he's, he moves, he moves around. Well, he, he, yep. you know, he's, he can contort his body certain ways. He's, he's really good. He's really mm-hmm. good. Robbie's in Massachusetts. Hey Robbie, what's going on? Long time. Hey, hey guys, how are you? Nice to talk to you. Listen, um, you know, I flipped on uh, the Yankee game before. It was 5-1. Everybody's feeling good. I flipped on the Panthers. By the way, congratulations to the Panthers. It shows you the regular season, how it means nothing. But 
even in baseball. But here's my question for you. Okay, I know Nestor gives up the home run, Booney pulls him out. Where's Michael King tonight? Where is the top guys in the bullpen? Where are they tonight? I don't get it. I'm not quite figuring it. Well, I know King pitched last night. They don't like to use him back-to-back days because he's coming off the injury that he had last year. Right, I got you. Um, You know, they got a lot of guys hurt. They used a lot of guys the night before to get that win because um, Cole was only able to go five innings. So, um, Gordon, do do you think that these guys get pulled too soon? I mean, Boone just, you know, Boone drives me crazy. Look, they're playing good ball. He's done a good job. I can't say he hasn't done a good job because they've had injuries to the bullpen and stuff, and, and guys are starting to play and believe in themselves. But, I mean, I, I, I just, I'm so tired of the analytics. I mean, this is a guy with three generations of baseball in his lifetime. And his grandfather, his father, his brother, obviously, was a tremendous player. And it just seems like he just doesn't think by the seat of his pants sometimes. And I might have even left Nestor in, even after the home run. I might have just left him in and never finished finish the inning, you know. Try to believe in your starter a little bit more before you pull him all the time. I mean, you know, Nestor deserves maybe to finish the inning. I know he gave up that one bomb, but it's like, uh, to me, you know, I, I would have stayed with him maybe. And, and about the Knicks, I want to ask you guys next year, okay? We obviously need shooters around the league. You know, they need some guys that can hit three-point shots. I, I can't stand a three-point. Let me tell you something. Watching Jokic is so refreshing. The other night, I actually saw a bounce pass for the first time in, like, years in the NBA. I mean, you never see this. The guy facilitates the basketball like an all-time center, even though he shoots threes. But it's a, it's a refreshing thing to watch. So, But uh, I'll get your comments uh, on the Knicks because I think that uh, – let me ask you this. Okay, Do you think, do you think that um, the Jalen Brunson is, is, a, is a guard that thinks pass first? I believe he's not. And I still believe they need a distributor that can make Randall and Barrett better going to the basket. I just don't get it, guys. You shoot 42 shots for Celtics the other night in the game loss, and they, and they have 11, 11 baskets, so that's 26%. I mean, it, when does the game become has become completely asinine in so many ways? And the other thing is, too, can NBA coaches actually dress properly? I mean, can we get back to suits? Can you imagine Chuck Daly in, like, a warm-up suit or Pat Riley? I'm just laughing at it. And by the way, I wanted to tell you guys, I do a radio show up here in Massachusetts. I won this Alliance Award for a non-commercial radio, so I was really psyched my broadcast partner. Right? So maybe, maybe I have some future in the industry, even in my 50s, maybe. Well, congratulations on that, Yeah, Robert. congratulations. Congratulations. That, that's, that's good. Um as long as the three-pointer is, as long as fans love seeing the three-pointer, the three-pointer is not going anywhere. So, and there's more and more people talking about the threes. I know Bob Costas was talking about the threes. Um, it's just, it's, but people love the three, Gordon. They, they just do. They love scoring and they love mm-hmm. the three. So it is, I still think that Brunson can be a past first guy. If there's other people that he's confident that he could pass the ball to that score. I mean, he's given it up to Julius Randle. He's given it up to R.J. Barrett. He's given it up to other players. I mean, he'll pass first, but he he picks his spots. And when you're on a roll, Gordon, or when you see your folks are struggling, I, I bet on myself. <laughs> That's what he did. Yeah. And, and, I mean, are there really that many – pass first point guards anymore no not more doesn't really feel i mean i know chris paul kind of still is but you know his best days are behind him yeah i mean who who are these pass who are the jason kids or or, uh you know the guy that that runs the offense type of point guards you have to be able to get your own as well and and i think you're, you're right i think brunson at times will be that guy but more times than not, it's it's about finding your shot. I mean, even guys who have high assist totals in the course of the year, they're still looking for their shot as well. We've got we're, we're back to 
I guess we're back to the combo guards, Gordon. We're back yeah. to the Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumas type guards, right? Who can pass but also can score. So I think we're we're not of the you know, the old time Kevin Porter guards or like you said, the Jason kids or the guys who just look to pass, you know, that's all they're doing. We're, we're, we're back to the combo guards that can pass and shoot and score uh, and look for and, and make the team better. So you, it's almost like you have to be able to do that now because teams, you want to spread the floor for your three. So a guy who, you know, can score, can penetrate forces the defense to sag in, right? And that same guard passes the ball out. Now you got the wide open three, so it allows you to spread the floor a little bit better. So I, I do think that um, that's what you're going to see is the, the the guy that only passes, no more. He's done. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be back in about five or six years. Yeah, but right the, now, no. The assist leaders this year: Trey Young, ten a game, but I mean he's a guy that's that's looking for a shot. Jokic, <laughs> he was of second. Course. Uh, James Harden, Halliburton, yeah. Westbrook. You know, I mean, these are all guys that are are, are looking for their shot as well. Mm-hmm. That's right. No question about that. When we return, we got some more phone calls to take before we leave you at midnight on 987 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Ladies and gentlemen, come out and see DiPietro and Rothenberg live on Thursday, June 1st, starting at 6 a.m. from Publicans in Manhasset for a special pregame broadcast of music from Randy Zoo. Just steps away from the Manhasset station on the LIRR, where after the show, the crew will take the train to City Field and tail, tailgate in Lot F before the matinee game. It's the pregame party with Rick and Dave. It is brought to you by the New York Structural Steel Painting Contractors Association, the Window and Glass Dealers Association of New York, and, of course, Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. And the way the Met offense has been, you might need to bring some extra <laughs> You might want to <laughs> sneak in a couple glasses up. Please drink responsibly. <laughs> That's Gordon Damer. I'm Larry Hardesty. We tag team for ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. We'll go to the ballparks in a second. But first, Eddie's in Rockland. Eddie, talk to us. What you got, my friend? Hey, fellas, what's going? Larry, like I said before, not enough hours and not enough pay, brother. I appreciate you. Thank you, Eddie. All right. Uh- a question on the Jets. Uh, what do you think? Obviously, the next two years is do or die. Now, do you want do you want the kid Zach Wilson in that second position, or would you reach into your pocket and, and try to sneak a car, kind of a better guy? Because if Rogers going down for any kind of reason while they're in the race, do you trust Zach Wilson to no. take? win two or three games no i don't so, trust him to win one and, game <laughs> and that, that and that doesn't help his development at all probably makes it worse because it's going to happen in a do or die situation and might destroy his career who would you reach in your pocket for is there any way they can get a cheap leftover matt ryan as second string or is he just too good too expensive Matt Ryan's doing his broadcasting now, my friend. (laughs) Eddie, he is a broadcaster. He's done. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, I know that one of the former backups for um, Aaron Rodgers is on the Jets staff. Tim Guyton Lawton? I can't think of his name. I can't remember, yeah. Yeah, Tim something or other. So I know that he's he's on the – 
Tim Boyle? Yeah, that might be it. Yeah, it might be. Um, so he, you know, so there's somebody there that at least is more familiar with the system. But I just, I listen. I know what Robert Sala said. I know what Joe Douglas has said. Oh, we're encouraged by what we see. Oh, he's gonna be. We we know he's going to be the player we thought he was going to be. Oh, right. They need a backup because they're not putting they're not putting the season in this kid's hands. I'm just telling you, Gordon. They're not doing it. There's no way. There's no way. Well, look. I will say this: if for some reason Aaron Rodgers goes down, the Jets are almost certainly screwed. But if they have Zach Wilson as the backup, they're definitely screwed. <laughs> I mean, that's, 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 that's straight to jail. That's do not pass. Go do not collect $200. You're done. You're done. It's over. Cause that that's a train wreck that you can see coming, right? Like, yes. If, if Rogers goes down, that's unfortunate. Maybe you can survive it. Maybe it's a game. Maybe it's two. The the second you the, the it can't be that big a step down from Aaron Rodgers to Zach Wilson. It cannot be. No, it can't be. And it would be a big step down. <laughs> I mean, it's why you got him. That's yeah. all you need to know. He wouldn't be here if he wouldn't be here under the circumstances. That's I don't, why I don't know who is is Teddy Bridgewater still available? I don't he might think be Teddy signed anywhere. He might be. That might be another option. Yeah, maybe that's a possibility. Yeah, um, I don't think Joe Flacco is a possibility. No, I don't think so. I think that ship is long sailed. Yeah, I, I don't know what other guys are available still, but you got to have somebody who's. What you want is someone who can come in in a pinch and win a game. Yes, like you know, this guy got hurt last week. He's not going to be able to play this week. Maybe not next week. But we got this guy who can come in. And just hold down the fort. I don't right. think that guy is Zach Wilson. I'm not. I'm not. And here's the thing: what you're saying, if you're the Jets, is I'm betting my life. Because if you don't, if, if you if you screw it up and you don't go to the playoffs this year, everybody's going. So I'm not betting They're my life gone. on Zach Wilson. No, you can't. you can't. How could you? No, can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it, Gordon. There's no way. No way. All right, let's go to the ballpark. I haven't done this in a while, Gordon. Let's see if I remember. It's a long time, yeah. <laughs> As a matter of fact, we might even throw we might even throw uh, uh, Ask Aaron in here. Ooh, answers with Aaron. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, we might even do that. One of those. Oh, we're due. We're due. All right, let's head to Chicago. We'll begin at Wrigley Field, where the Mets lose to the Cubbies by the score of 4-2. Singa, not great. Um, not bad, but not great. Once again, five innings, 100-plus pitches, not giving you the length that you normally get. Here's Buck Showalter's on Singer's outing in the Windy City. Just not a lot of early outs in the counts. And that's, sometimes that's a testament to his stuff because guys aren't uh, putting a lot of stuff in play early. A lot of foul balls, and I thought Francisco did a great job blocking pitches tonight and uh, giving him a lot of confidence to throw it. You know, to get out of that with three runs, as many much traffic as he had out there, just like to see him uh, be able to you know, manage the pitchers a little bit more because his stuff's good enough to get deeper in the games. Yeah, he just he just can't put people away, Gordon. That that's the issue with with Singer right now, and uh, especially on the road, he walks a ton of people, and that makes you go to your bullpen early. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's and uh, that, unfortunately that's a running theme for the Mets going to the bullpen early. Definitely has been one of the positives tonight. Francisco Alvarez. Now, Buckshaw would have told you how good he was behind the plate, but tonight he accounted for all the Mets' offense with the two-run home run. His book on Alvy's homer. Great night to pitch. Cold and wind blowing in. I think both teams would have scored some more runs. Probably more so them. Both teams were you know, got the benefit of the wind a little bit. That's what's so impressive about Francisco's home run. That one didn't have time to get much wind involved. No, it didn't, but uh, they needed it. They needed them to hit a couple more <laughs> for the game tonight. Marcus Stroman, Gordon, the former Met, was outstanding. Ground ball after ground ball after ground ball after ground ball. He was asked, was this a revenge game for you against your former team? Younger me may have seen it as a revenge game, but like I said now, I know how to pitch. I'm really good at what I do, and it's just a matter of getting to the point mechanically and, and, and just rolling start after start and staying there. All right, so uh, the answer is yes. <laughs> I'm just telling you, Gordon, the answer is yes. I know what he's saying, but I know Marcus Stroman. The answer is yes. He enjoyed it tonight. Meanwhile, at the stadium, Yankees had a lead but lost it by the score of 9-6 to the Baltimore Orioles. Aaron Boone said, you know what, Nesta Cortez, not bad. Obviously, this is a tough one and, and a tough loss and everything. But, you know, one of the things from it is another strong outing against a good team for, for Nestor. All right. So for him, uh, really just two long balls, Gordon, with the story for Nestor Cortez, which, as you mentioned, has been kind of a situation for him. It this has year. been a problem for him this year. It was a problem for Cole last year. And the first one was a solo shot. You live with that one, even though it was hit a mile. The, the second one was a three-run shot with hit off the foul pole and probably would have been an out at every other stadium. But they were playing in the Bronx tonight. So, unfortunately, it was a three-run home run. All right. Uh, how about a little answers with Aaron? Harvey is so good. All right, Gordon, here we got two for you real quickly. Okay. All right. The first one, Aaron Boone on <laughs> Cordero's outing. Aaron he Boone will, on Cordero's yeah, outing. Yeah, he'll say something along the lines. You know, he's been really good for us, and we we, we needed him tonight, and uh, just wasn't his night, but uh, felt like he's been really strong and a guy that we rely on, but uh, not his night. Here's the skipper of the Yankees on Cordero. Yeah, you know, and I feel like he's set up there to to be successful there. McCann, I think, gets a two-strike hit off of him. Then Mateo dumps one in, and then Henderson gets him down the line. He's coming around against some tough lefties there. So, yeah, he's been really good for us, and, you know, obviously tonight was not his night. We haven't done it in a while, but you're wow, still in midseason form, strong my return. <laughs> still in midseason form. All right, Gordon, what you got since we're stepping away for Miami and Boston tomorrow night? What you got cooking on Saturday? I think we'll have a lot of NBA stuff, Nick stuff, uh, Carmelo Anthony stuff, LeBron James stuff. So I think it's going to be a big NBA show. How about you this weekend? Uh, Sunday, we'll probably do along the lines of the same thing. So, my friend, you have a great weekend. I will see you uh, on Memorial Day. Sounds good. Noon. All right. That wraps up this edition of ESPN New York Tonight. We thank you for joining us. Harvey, Joe, thank you very much. Up next, conversation continues with Freddie Fitzsimmons. They'll keep you caught up with the world of sports next on 98.7 ESPN New York.